How's it going, fellas? Oh, it's going, man. Um, you guys ever just kind of like wonder what 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 what's what's the point? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all the or time. Opener. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Having one of those days. Yeah. But uh, what's new with you guys? Anything anything fun going on? Um, well, we just saw you. That was pretty fun. Oh yeah, it was a good time. That yeah. was pretty fun. Other than you being there, everything about our hangout was fun, though. Yeah, uh, I do tend to ruin ruin most things. We aren't gonna talk about the Husker game. I know we watched that. No, that was sad. Yeah. We don't know enough about football to even remotely come close to giving you anything <laughs> interesting on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was fun. Nick and I are traveling. Traveling over to the upper Midwest right now. Um, so I actually uh, flew to Denver to hang out with my wife and son. So we've been there mm. having a good time eating a lot of, well, eating like I do on tour. <laughs> so just a just continu- with company now. A continuous <laughs> flow of pizza and beer. And it's been nice. really good. Yeah. I've been in Omaha working on some music, so that's been kind of fun. There's something I have to say before you talk about that. There's a pizza place here that is that is better than that pizza place in Portland. There's no way. Yep. Oh, wow. That's your, I mean, Jake's eating there, so you got two people here you have to convince. It's, it's one of those things with Nick is he's kind of one of those guys where the first time, if he has a place and it's really, really, really good, no matter what, Nothing will ever be better than that. Well, that's not true. Because I think I think euphoria happens. And it's only after I've eaten at about 15 places before that. Yeah, but, I mean, Papa John's that we go to, that doesn't... I'm not even I'm, counting this, Papa John's. This John. was like one of those... Or was it Domino's? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah, what was, what was the place you had? Esparo or whatever. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah. In the airport. <laughs> my favorite New York pizza joint. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it was called Homegrown. Mm. And uh, it was very good. They had They brewed beer there too, so... That gave some extra points with me. I don't know. I don't like to be like that. We're gonna for me, to, it was better. We're going to need to do a Yelp search yeah. comparison for both these places. A Pizza sure. Shoals versus Homegrown. Is that going to be... Uh, do people do that? We'll do a fact yeah. check after the episode. Um, oh, interesting. What do we see? A Pizza Shoals has 4.6 stars on Google. And Homegrown Tap and Dough has 4.5 stars on Google. So... Mm. People well, I guess that's it then. <laughs> 1,500 reviews for a Pizza Shoals, 500 reviews for Homegrown. So. Mm. Well, I guess take, if... Take that for what it's sorry, worth. Sorry, bro. Numbers. And, no, but I was just kidding. I'm not one of those people. I don't. I was just going to say you need to try it because it's super good, and I think you would be like, okay. Mm. This I'm might, looking yeah, at you guys uh, both had looking pizza at the menu right now, so... I mean, it, it's something? so it's hard to beat like a scratch pizza place, you know. Seriously, like, yeah. I I feel like um, you can really differentiate a pretty good pizza place to a really good pizza place by the crust. Oh like yeah, all mm. all other things equal, the crust can really make or break um, mm. a great to a just okay pizza, in my opinion. You know, something that can really top off your experience having a pizza is you eat everything but the crust, and then you get some honey. And you dip mm. the crust in the honey, mm. and it's like yeah. a little dessert. Oh, 
pretty good. <laughs> Life hey, hack. Uh, how yeah. old is a pizza Shoals? We need to check this out. Yeah, because Homegrown's only been open since 2014. So if we take that the amount of difference <laughs> divided by. <laughs> now you're getting into too me. much math. You're going to lose me. That's why Jake's here. Uh, it's not easily Googleable. I can't find it. Jake, are you good at math? Um, here's the thing. I'm really good at the kind of math that no one needs to be good at, but I'm like. not very good at like everyday math. So like I was really good at calculus and mm -hmm. differential equations and uh, matrix theory, these kinds mm -hmm. of classes. But if you ask me what something is like multiplication or division or even addition, subtraction off the top of my head, I'm not going to know the answer. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm going to put it in my calculator every single time. <laughs> So it's, there's this like misconception that because I'm an engineer, I should be really good at math. I'm just, mm -hmm. I'm pretty good at solving problems, but like knowing things right off the top of my head has never been one of my strengths. And I've always kind of just believed that it was a useless skill anyway, because mm -hmm. you can just look anything up anyway. But that's also I how I justify my, my terrible Speaking of being slow to behaviors. math, I looked it up and uh, Pizza Shoals opened in 2005. Oh, okay. So oh, there you go. Or well, roughly mm -hmm. 10 years older and uh, <laughs> ten times better. three times the reviews. I don't know. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Um, there is an article here at the top. It says, a Pizza Shoals is the best pizza in Portland. Don't argue. It only makes you look confused and wrong. Interesting. Wow. I, so I can't believe the article people. I wrote actually made it out on Google. <laughs> <laughs> okay, not to switch back and forth between quick math and pizza, but I've always felt like when I was in school that it was so... I, I didn't know when I'd be in a situation where I was figuring out math like that when I didn't have a calculator. Right. So what... I know you guys are going to say, well, they want to be able to understand that you understand how. And I was like, I do understand how to put this into my calculator and get the answer. What right. situation will I not have this with me? What's on our phones now? Exactly. Well, back then we didn't really have phones that had that capability. Yeah, but we had those TIs. The TI calculators that you'd tape the equations to the inside of the lid for the test for. <laughs> or was that just me? Just you. I know it I was definitely guilty of that on more than one occasion. But I mean, that's a good point. Like, I think it's important to be able to understand the basic concepts of math. Like, you should understand the mechanics of multiplication and division. Like, mm -hmm. if you have five groups of four cookies, that's 20 cookies. Mm -hmm. But you could also just type in five times four in your calculator. So I think it's a valid point. And I... I know that, I mean, I haven't taken a math class in a long time, especially a, a rudimentary math class, but I know they're like t teaching math completely differently now. And I've heard that it makes even less sense than regular math does. But mm -hmm. I really wish that schools, especially in math, math classes early on would focus a lot more on um, legitimate applications and right. problem solving school s skills. I know you have to start somewhere, but like, I really don't see the value in um, like timed multiplication tests. Mm -hmm. Like I that that thing was the bane of my existence in yeah. um, growing up. Like it it gave me so much anxiety, and it also 
made me really hate myself from a young age because I was never good at it. It's like I, I was always the kind of person that could figure things out given enough time. But like I just for some reason had this mental block towards these timed multiplication tests. And I remember um, it was sixth grade and you like had to get a certain time on the test to like pass or get, you couldn't fail a class back then, but you know, to like <laughs> technically pass Whoa. the class or whatever. <laughs> and I remember I finally, it was like known in the class that I was like the shittiest one at these time tests. Like you had to write your, you had to write your time on the board so that everyone could see like if you were smart or not basically. And I remember when I finally crossed that threshold to like whatever the time was, like the teacher actually made me feel like shit for it. Like mm. she made the entire class clap for me as if it was some achievement, oh but really it was, it was just like in a mocking way. Destroyed. It was like a and Midwest like, math school. <laughs> it was <laughs> definitely, yeah. I mean, it was like, I don't know. So now ever since then, I've like had this super distaste for uh, timed test testing and just like rote memorization of stuff because people the th here's the thing that bothers me is people become convinced that because they can rattle off shit like have a flashcard memory they mm -hmm. equate that to being intelligent mm -hmm. <clears throat> and it's not intelligent it's not even like a very useful skill because you mm -hmm. can very easily get yourself in a position where you're talking to someone who actually knows what they're talking about and you mm -hmm. think you know what you're talking about and then you make yourself look like a dumbass yeah. So like yeah, we should be teaching kids how to actually be intelligent, not just like pretend like they're intelligent with these mm. bullshit facts. So, so that's what I was going to ask you how your overall, you know, school experience was when you were younger, but <laughs> I don't think I have to ask you that. Dude, tell us how you when feel. I, I'm kidding. I didn't think I was going to go to college, to be honest really? with you. There was, there was a long stint there where I pretty much because of that experience and experiences similar to that, where I had teachers tell me, I had so many teachers tell me that they thought I wasn't going to be successful. Like mm -hmm. I had a, um, I think he was like a chemistry teacher or something. Tell me that I was dumb to my face. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a couple teachers say shit like, um, you're just going to have to accept that you're not good at things or whatever. And like just weird things for a teacher who's supposed to be like helping kids, you know, to say. And I had yes. some really great teachers too, so it's not it, it's not all bad. But those few experiences really made me feel like, why the hell would I like go to college? Why would I do any of this stuff? Because like I don't know what I want to do. I hate all these teachers and like all this mm -hmm. stuff. Like I'm just not having a good time. I eventually came around. Like I finally got some good teachers. Like my junior junior and senior year of call or of high school um, and decided what I wanted to do. So it worked out. But yeah, I, I think I could go on a whole rant about education and, and teachers and stuff. But I feel like middle school and high school teachers are like the most important figures in a child's life. And a lot mm -hmm. of those people don't care about their job. Yeah, Like a lot of people go major in education in college because they think it's going to be easy. And then they just right. get these teaching jobs they don't care about. And Right. It's like such a, a formative um, role to play in someone's life that you can really like destroy people's self-esteem and uh, their their dreams really to do anything by a few snide comments. So Yeah, teachers yeah. have a heavy influence. I feel like there's a lot of impact, I feel like, that they make in subconscious ways. 
and like you don't really realize it till later on. I remember when I was in college, I had I pretty much decided I was going to be a graphic design major. And so I was doing all these art classes in one particular class. Um, we had to create a painting that had tension. That was just the assignment, like no other. Yeah. You know, so I'm thinking to myself ideas. And so I create this painting and we hang them up on the wall at the end of the project time when it was due. There's like 20 some people in my class. And so the professor goes down one by one and like picks them apart and critiques them, which is just an interesting thing in itself, but it gets to mine and literally pulls it off the wall, throws it on the ground and just starts going at it, like ripping into me about (laughs) it. I had like created an apple that had one side of it exploding out and on the other side it was plain and he was pissed off because it was, it wasn't symmetrical. And I was like thinking to myself in my mind, isn't tension asymmetrical? Like mm-hmm. something that would make you feel uncomfortable. But I guess it made him feel so uncomfortable he hated it. So he stomped, you know, threw it on the ground. And I was just <laughs> yeah. like, what the hell am I even doing here? And that was just yeah. briefly before I dropped out. But <laughs> I did go back and finish my degree during the pandemic, which felt really good. But I also was just kind of over the whole you know, like you said, growing up, Jake, it was like, you, I feel like as a kid, you're full of dreams and and you're like, you have all this ambition for what you want to do. And then as soon as you encounter people that start speaking into your life, it can be negative or positive. And unfortunately the negative stuff, I feel like is what sticks around longer. And Mm -hmm. so I hated school. I hated school since I was a kid, but, um, it was just the way that that you were also treated, you know, in those yeah. classes. But yeah, I remember when that happened, I was just like, yeah, screw this. I'm, I'm done. Right. So. Right. And I, it, I don't mean it to sound like kids shouldn't be taught that they're doing something incorrectly, like being told no and being told that, or and like learning how to fail. And th- these are all really important skills. Right. But there isn't a right, there is a right and wrong way to give criticism and critique in a way that's productive as opposed mm-hmm. to just like tearing someone apart for even trying, you know, yeah. like, and not everyone responds to the same things, but teachers are, a lot of teachers are so set in their ways that they're, they're afraid to try to learn new techniques and stuff or just adapt to the situation, which is frustrating too. Like mm-hmm. when you have a really old teacher that, went to, you know, the the war or something, used to be in the army and now yeah, he's a, exactly. a high school math, math teacher. The way, that, the way that he approaches things, like he doesn't care about your feelings really. He You're just, right. you know, is going to drill into you. So, yeah. It's weird with art too because not to just talk about that, but that's more, sub- I don't know. I think it's more subjective, isn't it? Yeah, I feel like, like it is. Kind? I mean, that's what we do for a living now, so I shouldn't have been offended, but. Like, there's no way that a art professor can come in and teach a class and be completely well-rounded, you know? Yeah. Because I'm not saying I have the ability to be an art teacher, but your idea, when I hear tension, I mean, when I think of, like, how tense an apple is and then explodes or something like that, like, that, I mean, that works for me. So I guess it's just kind of one of those things where, like, 
you, you probably did a million things wrong, you know, because you probably did it like the night before. Yeah, I mean, I was 19 and I didn't go to class, so that was probably part of the I, issue. But, which I think is a different thing than like the math teachers trying to make sure that you figure out. It, I guess it's the same in that way that they're trying to make sure you got to that place doing the stuff that they've been teaching you, you know? Well, yeah, otherwise they feel responsible for, I don't know. It's interesting because something like math versus art, where math is so calculated, it has right and wrong, art is not. Mm -hmm. And there is, like you said, it is open to interpretation. So just kind of so a weird did it make thing. You, did it make you better? <laughs> better, like, just because... At making apples? <laughs> I just mean, I, made, did it make it better for you? Did you get better because of that, or was it just like it brought you straight down and then you were Dude, out? Dude, every time, every time I walk into a hotel lobby and I see an apple, every time I eat applesauce, I'm I'm furious. It brings up you're so full many of tension. Emotions. It makes you tense. Yeah, yes. it's so like your life. apple, the apple thing. <laughs> yeah. Apple in my eye, all that bullshit. No, can't even look at an apple the same way again. I also feel like teachers wear a lot of their emotion on their sleeves and stuff and, mm. and professors, you know, I, I remember coming into classes and knowing when your teacher was like having a bad day, you know, a hundred percent. I wonder what that is about them. Like, uh, I'm sure they're not, I know they're not all that way. The human side. The worst is like when you have in college, when you have, um, grad students or like PhD students teaching classes, cause it's like part of what they have to do. Yeah. And those those guys and girls are always super stressed out. Like I, I remember a few of my classes that were taught by um, doctoral candidates and stuff, and they would just come like busting into the lecture hall like a bat out of hell. Like you, like they ran to be, not be late to class as if they were a student and stuff. <laughs> it's like, this is not going to be exactly. a good day. <laughs> yeah. I'm laughing because I had a professor like that. I remember one time... Um, I was taking a final and you know how, what do they call those, Jake? The, like the student that's in there helping? What's, what's that called? TA. A TA. Oh, okay. I thought that was like high school. But anyways, I walked in and the TA was sitting up front and I like sat down to get ready to take the final. And I was the last one in there, of course. And that it was not my TA. And I was like, oh, maybe it's just... Maybe, you know, they're not doing anything, right? They're just monitoring for this yeah. class. So uh, everyone in there looked at me like, who the hell is this guy? Like yeah. I, I, I look around as I start on this test and no one, I recognized no one. And I was like, but I know, I know what this is. <laughs> this is Wrong what class. we've been going over in class. What's going on? So I took final, I, yeah, it wasn't my class. So I had to mm. go back and take the final again. But I mean, for I guess it's probably different for you because you grew up with those big classes, right? Like, like in high school? Yeah, and stuff like I that. I mean, 25, 30 people in a class, yeah. Oh, that's not that many. That's no. like, that's how many we had. Yeah. Two. Yeah, I mean, I went from 25 people to like 100 people or more in a lecture hall in, in college for some yeah. of my classes, you know, so. Those classes yeah. were the best because you could sneak out or you could just not show up. <clears throat> Dude, I slept through so many classes in college. 
I was so tired all the time. Were you in <laughs> the class sleeping or were you back at your Yes. <laughs> no, I would go to class, but I would sleep through the class. Like I would fall asleep in the chair. You should still get points for that. Did you put your hand over your eyes? Yeah, like I, I would always try to like hide it. Hide it, but <laughs> doing the you head can't. bob thing. Yeah, the head bob thing. I you can never hide sleeping in class. Do you guys um, find yourselves feeling really nostalgic mm. very often? Like just uh, lately, the past few weeks or so, I've had this kind of, I've just been sitting in this like melancholic state of nostalgia. Um, for no real reason, like usually I'll hear a song or something that'll take me back to something, but I find that like this August to September transition always makes me feel really nostalgic because it reminds me of like school starting back up or, mm -hmm. you know, like having when the, when the air gets a little bit crisp, I remember like football practices or football games or, or whatever. Mm. And I, I was thinking about this today and I've noticed that like the seasons of life or like the actual seasons of the year that I, I feel the most nostalgic are like these transition periods between like summer to fall, winter, and then like winter to spring, but never really summer. And I was, I was thinking about that and I realized that's always because of like that's the time that school is in. And that's like when some of the most impactful and like memorable times of my life occurred was like during when school's in session. Yeah, I think that's interesting, especially what you described about football practice. Like I still feel that some days too when the air changes. I think about two days, like early early fall, late summer. It's still hot, but it's like at night it starts to cool down and I just mm -hmm. remember it's it's weird if I'll drink like a certain flavor of Gatorade, I'll be transported right back to two a days. You know, like it's blue right. blue Gatorade every time. It takes me back. Yeah, I'm on the field. <laughs> I hate my life. It's too hot. Uh, I was working a summer job at John Deere in between, so like all those things come flooding back in. Um, mm. But I feel like that only happens to me more when I have something um, like to eat. Or if I am back in a certain place, like when I drove through Kearney, uh, mm. Nebraska, or like a type of food that I only had at like my grandma's house or, right. or, you know, and then you have it somewhere else and you're like, oh, wow, this, I've completely gone back to that space and time. Mm. I don't know that I have it as much as I think just because we travel a lot, I think it's hard to like everything kind of feels nostalgic so it becomes normal like mm. when you go back through a city and you remember the time you were there before and you eat at like the same hole in the wall restaurant and it like takes you back to your first experience but then the experience that you have that time is completely different but you always think of like oh yeah that pizza joint on the corner in new york like lower east side manhattan you can just I've only been there like maybe three or four times, but I can go back there in my mind mm. every time. I don't know if any of that made sense, but I feel yeah. like this yeah. constant state of like returning to things often, which was really mm. hard during the pandemic because it was the opposite. It was like one place for so long yeah. that I started to not, like I was, I always look forward to that stuff. So when I wasn't able to get it, it was kind of hard for me to, feel like a sense of normalcy, even though normalcy mm. to other people is being in one place and not traveling, right. but 
it was flipped. So I don't know if that answers your question, but I am drinking yeah. Pinhook bourbon right now, and that could be part of my <laughs> my dialogue. So oh, so it's not just lemon, not just lemonade. Are you, you're yeah, they were they were awesome. <laughs> we picked picked some up on our way through the Midwest. They restocked us. So thanks, y'all. Nice. I go that way all the time with food, especially music. Like when we were driving the other night after we were hanging out and we were listening to old bands that we used to listen mm. to in high school. I mean, I don't think any of us even said anything during it because it was just, you're going to those places. Right. You know? I feel that way in the fall too, like you said, Jake, about school. Um, it kind of makes me feel like, I feel like running more. Running in the summer is not great fun, but um, right. it's just stuff like that. Yeah, and I don't have any ill will towards like growing up in school for me because I was kind of like class clown, you know. So right, it was pretty easy for me, and I did it. I think just just right where teachers weren't upset with me. You right. Know? So um, as far as like schoolwork and stuff like that. Uh, I still have dreams, you know. I still have dreams that I have late assignments. Yeah. And stuff. I have this recurring dream that I, um, it's like the day of my Spanish final, but I forgot that I was in the Spanish class. So like I didn't go all year and now I have to go take a final <laughs> for a class that I never went to. It's always a Spanish class. That's and I didn't, it, like I, ne I didn't take Spanish in college. I didn't, like last Spanish class I took was in high school. But I, the dream is always like placed in high school, which is weird because we didn't really have finals like you would think of finals um, in college. Yeah. But it's like me running through the halls trying to f trying to figure out what room the class is in because I never went, you know, mm -hmm. and like just being like, what am I going to do and all this. But yeah, I have those dreams too. And I probably yeah. like, I want to clarify, I didn't have like a terrible school experience growing up. Like right. I, I didn't hate school. Um, like I probably made it, made it sound. I just had some, some really shitty teachers a couple times, but yeah. I, I find myself always like for as much as I was ready to be done with school by the end of college and stuff, I lately have found myself thinking a lot about those four years and like kind of just being sad for some reason. Like, I don't know if it's just cause I don't really have anything going on in life right now. Or like there was mm -hmm. that those, th that period of life, there was always this sense of anticipation, right? Like yeah. um, you were always kind of looking forward some, to something, whether it be like the next year of school or you were looking forward to graduating or you were looking forward to, um, you know, whatever thing. And then like you kind of get used to that pace of life and then you get out. And at least for me, where most of my time is spent, you know, at a desk, um, it's just not the same and there's no real milestones to look forward to like there was in school. So mm -hmm. like when there's, when I'm in seasons like I'm in right now where um, I have, I'm not just like flying by the seat of my pants at work. Like I actually have time to consider and, and think about things. I tend to just think about those things. And yeah, I always come back to that phrase from the office where um, Andy says, I wish there was a way to know that you were in the good old days before you've left them. Yeah. And no, I've started to think good. about like what thing like what things are going on in my life right now that five years from now I will feel nostalgic about, you know. Mm. But I I don't know if there's really a way to like appreciate those things while they're here. No. 
Yeah, yeah those things kind of go hand in hand, that nostalgia and then that feeling you said about always feeling like there's something coming on the horizon or you're headed. I, I totally, I think about that constantly. Like my day, why is my day not feel exciting or something like that? Well, I don't really have anything to look forward to, you know? So in that case, it's just pedaling or like trying to keep pushing. But then even then you say the word pushing, it's like you're still, well, you're going towards something somewhere. Yeah. I think they wanted our careers to take place of that, you know? Right. When we got done with school, it doesn't always do that. And I think I think that's what I thought. Like when I was in college, dude, I spent I spent most of my time in college just looking forward to being done and having my my job, right? And mm-hmm. it it was the job that the job that I was wanting then is the job that I have now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just spent all of my time being like, man, I can't wait to graduate and just like start working. And it, it was such a bizarre thing because most people are like, man, I don't want to go like join the mm-hmm. workforce. I want to enjoy my time here. Um, but I had this, I had the season of life that I'm in right now on this high pedestal of being like the next new shiny thing that was going to satisfy everything, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think they kind of dress like the world doesn't want you to know that, um, adult life is pretty mundane and routine right? because Mm -hmm. then you won't try as hard (laughs) to get there, I guess. I don't know. Like, yeah. Uh, I feel like I was always kind of told that it was going to be this um, sparkly new experience, and maybe maybe it is in a lot of ways that I'm overlooking, you know. But sure. um, I think it is just it is a lot more mundane and um, kind of tedious and stuff than not to say that sitting through classes and all that wasn't mundane, but mm-hmm. um, I th- like I think I keep thinking about like that Friday night feeling when you're in school. Mm-hmm. Right. Friday night carried like so much excitement and weight. I feel like Um, there was, especially in college when like you had a group of friends to go do something with, like either go to a party or go out to the bars or even just like go to hang out in someone's room and play video games or something. And Mm -hmm. now as an adult, those things don't really happen. Um, And when they do, it's like, like, like I said a couple of weeks ago, uh, I have more than like a few drinks and I'm like hung over for three days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like you can't, I can't like do those things. And when I do, I kind of feel this weird feeling of just trying to like reclaim my past youth or something. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I've just been in this weird state of mind recently about um, like wishing I could go back to some of those times and, and appreciate them more. I'm I wonder if it has something to do with... Oh, go ahead. Oh. Well, I was just going to say briefly, I wonder if it has something to do... If knowing when the good times come and knowing when you're going to have them has something to do with how excited you are for it to happen. Because mm. I don't have a lot of that in my life right now where I'm just... Right. I'm thinking back to Friday night or whatever, like you were talking about. I was so amped to just do whatever we were going to do. And I remember that feeling of being at like a pep rally or something and like that perfect fall Mm -hmm. weather and just feeling it in that moment like this. I love this. Mm -hmm. And I just, I think because of work and our restrictions, it limits us to be able to have those like kind of free 
you know, and then you factor in all like the hormones and everything that are going on at that time. <laughs> right. Right. Like that's there's true. that cute girl, right. That you want yeah. to talk to and like, yep. that's kind of missing now. Right. And I, I don't mean it's even bad. Right. That's, we'll play devil's you can be advocate. devil's advocate, brother. Go ahead. Yeah. I feel like it's opposite for me because back then I did feel limited and restricted. I felt kind of tied down to like routine and regimen and all these things that said I had to sit in class all day and I, mm. you know, it was such a routine to go to school in the morning and then work after school or go to football practice or whatever. And where it was like, as a kid, you could pretty much not have to worry about paying bills or all of the stuff that comes with being a grown ass man. I think there's a lot of stuff that I value more now because I do feel a lot more freedom as an adult mm. than I did as a kid. I feel like I can pretty much, you know, and maybe this comes from being a business owner too, but there is still hard days. There's still things that still weigh down or there's a lot of responsibility and it's a shit ton of work to own your business. But there's this freedom that comes from being able to like, I kind of see the world as like a playground where I get to kind of make the rules and try to do my best every day, but I, I feel a lot more free now than I did when I was in high school or college. And I think I fought that a lot, which is why mm. I was sleeping through class and like making my, my dorm room a studio and taking all my furniture out into the hallway and setting up all my equipment. And just, I was looking right. for anything I could do to kind of like defy the rules or go against mm. authority. I think I've always struggled with that in a way where it was like, I just want to do it my way. I want to, I want to try it at least. Mm -hmm. I have ideas too, you know, like the thing that keeps me up at night sometimes is I, I think about all the rules and the laws and the, the lines and I'm like, well, somebody made those up. Like a, a right. human being just like us made those. So mm -hmm. now we all fall in line to that and it's universally accepted or like, mm. what if we challenge it? What if we push it? What if we stretch it or bend it? And I get, that's like what I get amped about is like, I always want to try to find a different way or try to look at something differently because I don't want to feel mundane and I don't want to feel, even though sometimes I do, I don't want to feel that, that like, uh, boredom that comes from just like settling. And I think that's one thing during the pandemic that I've challenged myself on is, is to try to get outside of that mindset, which it's hard as hell sometimes because there is a lot of things that can weigh down on you and responsibility and just, you know, trying to make rent, just, just like the little things that come from adulting, I guess, being, mm. being in the real world. And like, you can't just pretend that, you're on your own island and your own planet with your own way of doing things because you still have to like interact in society. So I get the struggle and I've, I definitely think that, I definitely think it's hard. Um, it is hard to feel like you're stuck or like you're in a place where there isn't stuff to look forward to because there's definitely seasons for that. And mm -hmm. it can, it can like really affect a lot of the things you do, relationships, everything. And yeah, it's just an interesting thing to look at. Mindset completely. And 
I just think about all the people that don't actually have the ability to live a lifestyle like that on an ordinary basis, you know, and right. if they want to, you know, not everybody wants to. Some people love working every day, going to work and right. having that routine and they have Friday, Saturday, Sunday and they're back. And some mm-hmm. people love that. But I wonder, you know, for me, I think I can be the a devil's advocate to you brother because for me even though I'm doing this job that like we always talk about some people feel would probably be the coolest job ever you know I still feel I still feel those things like this week is awesome here in Denver I have to go back to work on Friday even if my work looks a certain way you know for me I've just I've always viewed it that way and I and I don't think you'd you tell me how you feel about it. And this isn't me like coming back at you at all. I think this just highlights another like, (laughs) (laughs) no, the difference in our mentalities, because you've always, I think more recently probably seen our job as something that you, you fully enjoy. And you're kind of like taking control of the day and making it, getting your stuff done, but making it what you want it to be. Yeah, I mean, I think that's hard to do when there's a lot of stuff going on. It's I'm not trying to make it sound like it's like I'm out here just floating around like oh life's <coughs> great all you the time. You didn't make it sound like that. That's good because it's a shit ton of work, and I think that I've just had to change my perspective on it and try to to make even in the work and even in what you're doing not seem so dreadful and seem like you can somehow find elements that bring you joy in it, even if you know, you're sleeping in a van and it's 85 degrees out and you're in a bunk and you haven't showered for two days. Mm -hmm. Like that sucks. And it's not glamorous thing to, to be a musician on a stage. And it's not, you don't get to see the whole world and do all this stuff that I think Instagram makes you believe. I think there's a lot of hard elements just like any other job where Mm -hmm. people have other jobs and sit in meetings and they have to, you know, the group that they're in has a decision to make and their decision might not agree with the whole team. And so they have to still go through with the project. You know, there's things like that where you don't always get what you want, but I was just trying to say, I think the pandemic has challenged my mindset and I'm still trying to figure it out. But um, I think it's more well, about like trying to enjoy while you're in the ride. Cause like Jake said, like, how do you know that you're in the good old days? I, mm-hmm. I just don't know that you ever will know that till after the fact. And I think that it's hard to to try to create space to do that. But I think it's possible. I don't know. I, I think you can know when you're having a really good time and you're going to, you know, that, that thing, core memory unlocked or whatever. I feel like that's <laughs> yeah. been happening to me a lot lately. But I also, yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with what you said. I feel, I feel... Like there's something that you could do when you do have that job that feels mundane that is like completely based on something you're passionate about. And we're lucky because those things kind of come together for us a lot of the times. But the hard part for someone that has a job they're going to every day where they feel like they're giving their time to something that isn't something they created I think is having enough energy to even, you know, 
Like I am totally inspired by the fact that we go on the road for three weeks and sleep in the van and wake up early and drive and do the shows and go to bed late and then you go paddle boarding like the next day. I don't I don't know how you do it. I <laughs> all I want to do is just watch movies. You know? Well, I think it's everybody's different. Like if I don't have that, that might be compared to you watching movies. Like if you don't have that downtime to just yeah. sit there and like watch Netflix, which is completely, I mean, that's a good thing because you're getting rest. Maybe. I, should, I don't know. People just rest differently, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. Well, like for, I mean, Jake, you you love playing. You, but you've told us times, like, it's been days since I've been able to sit down at my kit. Yeah. And it's not even just that you're working, and we shouldn't even talk about that like it's a bad thing. It's you have a life that you're trying to balance at the same time, too. Right. A girlfriend and friends, and, like, that's the thing. That's what I think I have sacrificed over time is my relationships for because I was always going to like the next thing, looking forward to the next thing for work or whatever. And I didn't just like sit and cultivate what was happening around me. And that's hard to do because when you feel like crap, because you feel like you're doing the same thing every mm. single day, you know, I totally, totally get that. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of why I, I have a hard time making time for playing playing drums and stuff recently is is because I spend all day working though like I mm-hmm. not that the work is bad like you said but it there's I don't find really any pleasure um from sitting down at the kit and just like playing for playing's sake because mm-hmm. I always find all these things that I should be better. Like, man, I just wish I was better at this or like, I'm really botching mm-hmm. this. Like I'm always auditing the way that I'm playing. Right. So my time musically, the time that I spend on music is a very mentally engaged thing. Um, I'm always either practicing or I'm being critical. Um, it's very seldom like the time that I, the times that I just, disconnect from that side of my brain and just play and have a good time is when I'm playing a show. Right. Mm. So it's really hard for me to get myself to play just like during the week, um, or whatever, because that is always, uh, considered like practice, not playing, like playing mm. is fun. Practicing is where you get better. And, mm. you know, at the end of a long day of work, um, I don't get, I don't, for whatever reason, I don't get any release um, from trying to just like play drums because I'm always mm-hmm. thinking about something that I need to practice instead of just right. like running through a song for fun. So yeah, and it, like I have to be, I have to be in the right headspace to work on those things. And if I am coming off right. a long day of work, um, you know, my I'm gassed and uh, I'm emotionally drained. Like I've creatively, I'm not there. Like it just becomes this unproductive and kind of toxic hour of time that I spend at a drum set instead of like yeah. a time that's actually productive. Well, because that passion is work for you. So I remember sitting in the dentist chair when I was in high school, speaking of back then, and then the hygienist asked me, so what are you going to do when you go to college? He was like in between. And I was like, well, I'd really like to be a musician, but I'm going to go study English education because 
I didn't get into the college and I don't know what I'm going to do. And she's like, well, maybe one of them can be your job and one of them can be your hobby. I hate and that. I was like, so like English teacher has a hobby, right? Yeah. <laughs> and play music the rest of the time. It's, it's just, it deflates you when, when your passion is the only, is the, uh, is work for you. You know, I struggle with that. I struggle finding something that helps me release that can counter my work, which started out as just having fun playing guitar in my bedroom Mm-hmm. And has become my job, you know. But mm-hmm. along the way, I didn't ever, I didn't ever really like pick up something that was just for nothing, you know. And right. That's the thing is with the three of us. I think we, you know, when I sit down and play video games for a few hours or <clears throat> six, I like, I struggle because there's a part of me that wonders where is this going. Yeah. You know, and I know I'm enjoying this, and it does help me get a release, but not if we're getting our asses kicked. You know? Right. So there was that meme that's like <laughs> a kid that's at home playing video games all day versus the guy that comes and plays for like two hours on a Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> and he just gets his butt kicked, you know, like this mm-hmm. 30 year old guy like me, anyways. But yeah, yeah but I think you got to do it's that. It's a big struggle. You got to do those things that bring you joy and, and make you just, I don't know, I feel like they have to remind you that you're a human being and that you just can have pleasures mm-hmm. and enjoy life because. Not all, not everything you do has to be like, you know, right. Solving E equals MC squared. Right. I will say though, there's a lot of, that's the struggle. There's a lot of gaming sessions that Tyler and I have walked away from feeling more angry than we walked away from. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Maybe I would, I would go, I would go on, on the order of saying probably most of them in the last two or three years we've come, we've walked away just being really upset. Yeah. Because the video games is usually... Yeah, and people have hacked them and they're not Exploited. fun anymore. But video yeah. games is usually the thing for me too, which is hilarious because I rarely, I only play when I play with Tyler. Yeah, <laughs> which is, you know, that's good for you. Depending on the season of life is either a lot or not at all. But mm-hmm. um, I have I have the same problem. Like I, I don't have any hobbies that I just like don't care about. Like I don't, I, I would, I would say that I don't have any hobbies because everything that yeah. I do outside of my job are things that I care way too much about to just be able mm-hmm. to like do them just for fun, you know, yeah. whether it be the podcast or music or even going to the gym. Like I have, I may have said this before, but I have this problem of like only being able to do things like take things seriously. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it bothers me a lot to think of um, like for someone to say, well, why don't I remember um, someone told me maybe it's time to just like accept that like you just are going to play drums in your basement just for fun or something. Mm -hmm. And that I like, I remember seeing red for how Mm -hmm. mad that made me. Like I hate when people say like, maybe you just need to do it as a hobby because I can't stand the idea of spending if I'm going to spend all that time on something, why not mm-hmm. it be something that I'm really passionate about versus something that I could give two shits about, you know? Yeah. Like people talk about g- playing golf. Like a lot of guys grow up, they get a job, and then they spend all of their time that they're not working golfing. And golf's huge for It's super po- and people guys. really love it. Like I'm not I I'm not yeah. knocking anyone that likes to play golf. Yeah. But I've most of those people 
they like to play golf, but if they couldn't ever again, they'd be fine with that. Mm -hmm. But if you think of all of the time and energy that they spend on going golfing, Mm -hmm. you know, practicing their swing, money on equipment and all this stuff for something that you like really don't care all that much about, like, I don't know. Some people just, I'm also having to learn that I'm just kind of wired differently and I need to stop. Yeah telling myself that the way I am is wrong. It's just the way that I am. Yeah. But it can, be, enjoy it, things. it can be it can be really frustrating to be the way the way that I am. I know. You know? Well we can I think that's something too about we can pull stuff from even those hobbies that I mean not to be devil's advocate for, you know, some parent that doesn't want their kids to play video games, but there's a lot that happens when when we're doing that and I mean, I know I'm just going to sound like I'm trying to make video games okay, but there's communication, and like you said, brother, you're enjoying it, so sometimes you can get a release from that. And, you know, there's tension, it's exciting, whatever. There's stories, which is what I love to... It's like watching a movie that I get to mm. pick the ending. You yeah. know, I love that. But, but even with, like, you know, golfing, fishing... There's probably a lot that happens there. And some guys just go get drunk with their buddies, you know, and that's it. But there's a lot of work that goes into that that probably teaches you something, right? So. But I feel like even again, we're falling into the same thing, though, of like something needing to have a greater takeaway. That's what I'm saying is is wrong with me. Is that (laughs) something? Where did that come from? Is that something that like we got from our parents or that we got from growing uh, growing up or like. Because I feel like I feel like we're in the minority with that mindset. Because mm-hmm. most people I talk to, they're like, I try to explain this feeling that I have of always wanting something to be meaningful mm-hmm. or something, you know. And they're like, "Bro, mm-hmm. what the what? Why? Just go play golf. Yeah, just, just go just shoot nine it, right? and have a good, get drunk in the cart." Which, like, that sounds yeah. really fun. I can't <laughs> pretend like that doesn't sound like a good time, and I can't pretend like yeah. I wouldn't enjoy that. But in the back of my mind, I would always be thinking. I would either be thinking, all right, I need to start, I need to like find a golf instructor so I can like, you know, be starting to get better. Exactly. I need to go to the range more or like whatever. Or I would be thinking like, man, I really should be uh, doing this, doing something else, <laughs> something more productive than <laughs> yeah. this. Like I can never accept things just for like having a good time. Like that stems yeah. to like a couple weekends ago, um, I went to my friend's apartment pool with him and just hung out and had a good time or whatever. The whole time I felt guilty because I was just doing something for me, you know, right. like instead of like mm. doing something for like all of these things that I have going on. So, I, yeah, yeah, no, I, I get that. It's like the intention behind it where it's like you, you feel like you're, you're supposed to be doing something productive or something that actually is like making a difference in the world or to just mm-hmm. people around you. Otherwise, like, what's the point? I don't, maybe it was the way we were raised in the Midwest or, you know, I'm not, I don't want to speak for both of you guys, but I feel like part of it might just be like, we come from families that have worked really hard. And I think Mm. the rest side wasn't always as evident to see and witness. And so Mm. it almost feels guilty when you enjoy your life or like do things because I don't think we saw our parents do that a whole lot growing up. Right. And it kind of seemed like when we would try to like, when we try to go have fun or do something as we got older, it was almost kind of frowned upon like, well, you should be working hard or like go get a job or mm-hmm. 
do your chores or, you know, you can't do any of, you can't do anything at all until, you know, you take out the trash and you clean your room and you vacuum out your car. And it's like carrying that into adulthood. I wonder if that plays a role in how we view rest versus work or like hobbies versus work, because I think a hobby is supposed to be, it can be intentional still, I think, but I think it is supposed to be like for you and it's not Mm. supposed to necessarily have all of this world changing purpose behind it. I think it can just be like, yeah, I want to go to the bar or yeah, I want to play a video game or yeah, I want to go snowboarding or just those things maybe fuel. I guess I've started to look at it like your hobbies or the things that you do to fill yourself up can fuel the work that you'll have to do on Monday morning. And I think without going golfing or without paddleboarding or watching Netflix or just like hanging out by the pool and having a drink. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know that we would be as productive as people because we would never really shut off and like get a break. And I mm. think without that rest, it would, I mean, I think it took a toll on me during, during tour, like up until the pandemic. And then, you know, you don't really ever shut off and get that time. So that's when I started to question it more and, but I think you guys pose a good question, like, where does it come from? I mean, I yeah. don't know if it's just something you Dad grew up with. Dad was just always working in the garage even when he got done working. Like, you'd right, go, right. I'd go in there and be like, Dad, what are you doing? He'd be like, this is fun work. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, can you, that's I'm where sure we get it, it right there. Like You're right. You did. That's why we get it. Man. I love these episodes where we like don't come to a conclusion. We yeah. just we discuss these thoughts and then blow them out into to the air. Right. And see what happens. I will I will say that Nick's uh, one side perfectly intact apple versus the other side exploding. I feel like that is a pretty good representation of how my internal thought narrative goes most of the time. It's like, I feel like I try to put on this steel front face most of the time, but if you could see like behind me, it's just like constant chaos (laughs) inside my brain. So at some point, someone's going to pull pull you off the wall and stomp all over you and tell you that you're worthless, but you're not. Maybe it is a a greater analogy for life. Maybe just feeling tense the whole time and... Through. You guys are some kind of wizards bringing that back around. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I don't know what this episode was about, but I had a hell of a time. I was here for it. That's fine. I it. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of Similar Vein Podcast. Be sure to rate and subscribe if you haven't already and hit us up on Instagram at Similar Vein Podcast. Uh, let us know if you have any hobbies or if you think we're sociopaths for um, not being able to enjoy <laughs> ours. Uh, until next time, we'll see you all later. See you all. See ya.